I'm supposed to be telling you a story right now. And I thought we were going to have a team of people with costumes and props, and <laughs> looks like my plans are unraveling. <laughs> you know, as I think about the Christmas story, there's a lot of people in that story whose plans unraveled. A lot of them. Things didn't turn out at all like they thought we were going to happen. So I may have to improvise a little bit, but let me show you what I mean. Oh, hey, hey, whoa, whoa, whoa. Don't leave. Don't leave. (laughs) I need your help. Let's start with Mary. Jess, come and be Mary. (laughs) And uh, Joseph, Alan, Alan. Right, Right there, that's good. Mary, oh Mary, here, let's give you a proper head covering. There we go. Mary and Joseph, a young couple, young couple, (laughs) very much in love and engaged to be married, and all they wanted to do was build a quiet, peaceful home, a quiet, peaceful life. And in the middle of their preparations, an angel appeared to Mary (laughs) and said, God has a different plan for you, a bigger plan, and it's kind of a life changer. You see, you're going to get pregnant before the wedding, and it's not going to be Joseph's baby. It's going to be a miracle, a miracle birth, a a virgin birth, and the baby will be the son of God, the savior of the world. Well, let's fast forward about nine months. And Mary is now great with child. And the baby is about to be born in Bethlehem, after an unexpected command performance, not performance, but trip, and they had nowhere to stay. So the baby was born in a stable, wrapped in rags, and placed in a manger, unraveling plans at every step. So speaking of the stable, what about the innkeeper? Susie, could you be our innkeeper? (laughs) Come on right here to your inn and uh, clean. (laughs) She wasn't ready for the huge amount of people that came to Bethlehem. Her inn was full to the brim. She was exhausted. You look exhausted. (laughs) What she wanted to do was finish cleaning up and find some time to sit and put her feet up. But a man arrived with his nine-month pregnant wife and pleaded for a room. And the innkeeper's plans unraveled as her stable became the birthplace of the savior of the world. Now, of course, there were also shepherds. Oh, Shepherd David, could you come from yon hill to the shepherd place down here? 
the shepherds had just settled down for the night. Jean, can you help me with night a little? Thanks. Had just settled down for the night with their sheep. And what they hoped to do was take a load off and get a little bit of sleep under the starry Bethlehem sky. When suddenly, the sky filled with light. Oh, she is really good. Okay. The sky filled with light. And the angels, help me, Jeff, angels proclaimed the message that a baby had been born in Bethlehem, a little baby who was going to be the savior of the world. And she said, get up and go witness history. Um, don't leave, Jeff. I need a King Herod. Jeff would make a great King Herod. No, no, you, you couldn't be Joseph. That had to be Alan. <laughs> so King Herod was the king of Judea, and the Roman Empire had made him king of Israel, even though he wasn't Jewish, which made him have great paranoia in that maybe someone would take away his throne. In fact, he worked so hard to control and protect that throne that he literally had everyone around him killed so that they couldn't take his throne. He had his wife killed, his mother killed, his brother-in-law killed. He actually killed two of his sons so that no one would encroach on his territory. He was a control freak. He was a nutcase. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Look mean. <laughs> so, when he heard that a baby had been born who was going to be called the king of the Jews, he went berserk. He issued a decree that said all babies in Bethlehem under the age of two should be killed. Now, God unraveled his plan, thankfully. After being warned in a dream, Joseph and his family escaped death by going to Egypt. The baby, Jesus, God's son, was protected. There's a lot of people in one small event in history who had the chance to see God's power to unravel plans, to change plans, to change lives, to change the world. And that's one of the greatest stories of Christmas. Merry Christmas. Christmas is a bit like that, though, isn't it? Like, even the first Christmas had a lot of unraveling in it, you know? I mean, when you come to Christmas Eve and, like, you have the visions of sugar plums, which I understand if you've ever had a sugar plum, you might not want a vision of a sugar plum again. But if you've got the visions of, like, ideal in your head, and sometimes it doesn't work the way you thought. Sometimes your life doesn't 
go the way you want it. It's like that moment you reach into your closet and you realize that your favorite shirt has holes in the elbows. Guys, you ever do that? You're like, I'm wearing this baby anyway. I'm just rolling up the, you know, rolling up the sleeves. Your wife's like, I'm not going out with you like that. You can't roll up the sleeves and cover that hole this big, right? Or that moment you put on that sweater and you walk past the door and it snags on something and you're like six feet away, right? And it's like half unraveled. You're like, oh no. And a bit of life is like that. You come to Christmas Eve, you're thinking about Christmas, you have had chaos, you probably went, anybody go to the grocery store today? Like, wow, right? And like, so, like some of your, like you felt that in your life too, like, okay, like I thought life was going to be like this, but it's not. It's not as ideal or as perfect as I wanted, and you're in good company. You're not the only one who has experienced that this year, this season. So tonight we want to talk a little about what does God want to do with that? How do, I, how do I get help in that moment when my life is starting to unravel and I, I need God's hand? And one of the things that we can learn about those moments in our life, one of the things that happens in those moments in our life when everything is unraveling is that we pay attention. Maybe for the first time in a long time, we pay attention to God because God wants our attention. And maybe that's what God wants from you tonight. Maybe God wants your attention. Maybe he just wants to say, listen, I know your life has been unraveling and I've been here and I've been talking, but you haven't been able to hear me. You haven't been able to listen. But, but when pain comes into our life, uh, C.S. Lewis, I believe, said it was pain is God's megaphone, right? And I, I always picture often God speaking the same tone, but it's like, remember the, the earpieces that used to be hearing aids? Remember, you like, it was like the cone of shame out of your ear, right? Like, and so like, that's, that's kind of what happens when our life unravels is, Suddenly we can hear. Suddenly we're willing to listen. But most of us don't hear God. I've heard people say, like, well, I don't really hear from God. And the truth is that we're just not good listeners. I mean, our lives are so filled with busyness. We have so many places to go, so many things to do. We are, we're either talking on the phone, right, or we're texting somebody, we're checking Facebook, or we're watching TV, or we're listening to the radio, or we're, how many of you are guilty? How, how many know someone who's guilty of doing all of those at the same time, right? Like they, I mean, you like walk in and they're like this, the TV's like, are you, what are you like paying, right? Like, like this is our life. And God's saying, listen, I've been trying to get through, but the line's been busy. The lines are all jammed, and I want to talk to you. I got something I want to say to you, and believe me, I think God wants to say something to you tonight. God wants to be involved in your life. He wants you to know that he loves you, and he's always loved you, and he's longing for you to love him too. In fact, it's a historical thing that God has done with the nation of Israel from the very beginning of time when people began to discover God. He's told them, listen, I want you to love me with all of your heart and all of your mind and all of your soul and all of your being. I want to have this deep love relationship with you. And do you know why? Do you know why he wants to get your attention? Do you know why he wants to communicate his love to you? Because he's got a bigger and he's got a better and he's got a new plan for your life. And maybe in this season when things aren't going right in your life, what you really need to grab a hold of is that God has a new plan for you. Maybe this new plan is it's bigger and it's better and it's more amazing than you ever imagined. Today, he wants you to know about that. When it comes 2016, I don't know what's going to happen in my life, and you don't know what's going to happen in your life. You have no idea what might be around the corner for you. You have no idea what plans might unravel, and where the plans you are with places that you are right now might not work. You don't know. 
But in 2016, what I do want you to know is that God has some bigger and some better and sometimes some more difficult plans than you might want to take on. I mean, you can imagine Mary's moment, right, when, when God said to her, listen, I know, like, I know you just want to settle down and have babies. I know that's your plan, like to be engaged, settle down and have babies. Like that's what you want. But listen, I have got a plan for your life. I, I want to use you guys as a couple to change the world. I want to use you as a couple to bring into the world the pinnacle of history that will change the face of the planet for all time. Things that the world has never seen, things that the world has never had good attitudes about, suddenly are going to be transformed by the bringing of one person, Jesus, into the world. God said, I want to do that through you. God's got a plan for your life too. It's probably bigger, it's probably better, it's probably a little more difficult, maybe even a little confusing sometimes. But if you don't choose that plan, you will limit your life. You'll have a smaller life than God desires for you. You'll have smaller plans. You won't get to enjoy the most fulfilling and rewarding experience of your life, which is to know him, to follow him. To, when you step into God's plan, you step into a kind of life that I can't, it's just indescribable. The questions are like, are you missing it? Because God's got that kind of plan for your life. He wants to bless you. And it might not be as easy, like it might not be the easy way. I mean, look, think about Mary. Like when she stepped into that plan, it meant nine months of being ridiculed, of being like having people make comments about her. A pregnant, unwed mother in that culture, like people would gossip and they would talk. People, people imagine like, hey, I'm pregnant with God. Like, yeah, and you're, woo, right? Like you're, I mean, for nine months, this is what she experienced. Sometimes God's plan's not easy, but it's always better. And you might have some plans for your own life, and I guess you gotta, I got to ask you tonight, like, you want to keep going with those limited plans that don't even always work out, that have no guarantees, or do you want to step into God's bigger and better plan for your life? And in those moments, I bet when Mary got to that place where she was in that barn, you know, we, we always have that scene, that manger scene you set up at your house, and aren't you glad it doesn't smell like a barn? Like, if you got that out and it smelled like a barn, you would probably be less apt to put it out every year, right? So, but that's the way it smelled, in the barn. Like it, and, it, and it wasn't just silent, right? There were farm animals there. I mean, it was loud. And in that moment, I bet when Mary was having that baby, that was not her ideal location. That was not what she was hoping for. But in that moment, that's what she got. And I bet she said, why? Why God here? Why this? And I bet there are places in your life where plans have unraveled, where you've asked this question. Maybe you're asking even tonight, why God? Why that? Why is that going on in my life? The Bible records Jesus telling his followers, his closest friends, called the disciples. He told them, listen, you don't know and you don't understand what's about to happen right now, I'm referring to what he was going to do on the cross. He was going to die on the cross. He says, you don't understand it right now, but you will understand it later. And God's saying that to you tonight too. You may not understand right now. You might ask why, and you don't understand right now, but you'll understand later. If you'll follow God. If you'll give up your plan and say, God, I want to step into yours because he wants to give you a new and a better plan.
And as he does that, you're going to have to learn to do what Mary and Joseph had to do. Can you imagine that an angel comes to Mary and says, hey, so kind of got this big news for you. I know you're engaged to Joseph, but you're going to get pregnant, and it's not going to be with Joseph. She was probably like, okay. And she said, and um, we're going to do this thing we've never done before. It's going to be called the virgin birth. Kind of a one-time deal, and it's going to be you. She's like, okay. And God's going, listen, but trust me. Trust me, Mary. Trust me. And then she she says, and just to top it off, that child in your belly is going to be the one who has been prophesied about for thousands of years. God incarnate, the Messiah himself, Jesus in the flesh. That's who you're going to be carrying. She's like, what? Okay. And, and, and then you can imagine like when she goes to Joseph, right? Like she's got to trust God. Cause she's got to go to Joseph. And jo- she goes to Joseph. Can you imagine this conversation? She goes to Joseph and she says, hey, honey, um, yeah, so I'm pregnant. And oh, you know it's not you, of course. So um, before you get mad, it was God. And he's going, I'm pretty sure that's not how it works, Mary. Like, let me clue you in a little bit. Like, that's it's not how it's going. Can you imagine that conversation? And the whole time, she had no choice but to trust God. Mary and Joseph both had no choice but to trust God because God's plan was so different, so different than what they planned. And the one of the wisest men who ever lived penned these words. He said, when it comes to life, here's the best advice I can give you. Trust in the Lord with all of your heart. Trust the Lord with all of your heart. Don't depend on your own understanding and what you think is going to go down. Don't do that. Trust in the Lord with all of your heart. Seek his plan and his will and his desires. And as you do, he'll show you the way. He'll show you what the step is that you can take. You don't have to be confused. When it comes to Christmas, Jesus came into the world to give us a gift. God sent him in the world to give us a gift. My question for you tonight is, have you accepted that gift? Have you accepted the gift that Jesus has wanted to give you all of your life? You know, let's say this Christmas you were to give me a gift, right? Like you wrapped it up, and it was really nice, and it didn't look like when I wrap it, which is like a two-year-old with, you know, doing like this. Like I, it would look terrible. Let's say it's a really nice gift, right? You wrap it up, and it looks awesome. Well, if it's a guy gift, we like gifts like this, right? Like it was like really wide and about this thick, right? And really tall. And so, and, and I took it over and I put it under the tree. And then say February, you come back to me, you're like, hey, so how'd you like my gift? Did you open it? Like, how'd you like it? And I go, oh, I'm sure it was a great gift, but I never opened it. You'd be like, what? You never opened my gift? I said, no, well, I was busy. I've been, I've been really busy. I've been so busy. You don't understand how busy my life's been. I just didn't have time right then to open the gift. I'll get to it. I'll, I'll get to the gift, but I've just been really busy. Wouldn't you be offended? You'd be like, you're such a knucklehead. Like, go open the gift. And I would miss out totally on the benefit and the goodness of that gift. And yet, around the world, there are millions of people who celebrate Christmas after Christmas after Christmas. They've never, they've never accepted that gift from God. Maybe you have too. You've celebrated multiple Christmases. You've put up lights. I mean, you put up lights and you give gifts to each other, but you've never accepted the greatest gift of all that God wants to give you. His Son, 
as a Savior. You celebrate even the gift-giving that the wise men did as they came from Bethlehem. We, that's, why we, that's why we give gifts. To celebrate that moment that Jesus was born, and, but you never opened it for yourself. Tonight, I want you to know that God's probably been trying to get your attention. And maybe some, somewhere in your life, you felt it. And it happens all the time, usually through like three place, general places. One is in your finances, right? Like you feel the squeeze, things aren't going well. God gets your attention. Or your relationships aren't going the way you want. Or your health isn't as good as you want. Something's gone wrong in those three places, and you know what you discover? You're not as smart as you thought you were, and you're not as in control as you wanted to be. And in that moment, here's what God's saying to you. You need me. I want to be in your life, and you need me in your life. That's why I came. The very first Christmas, people came to worship the baby Christ for a lot of different reasons. Probably today, there's lots of people here who come from lots of different reasons. Some of you came because, like, your boyfriend or girlfriend, they, they made you come. They were like, we're going to Christmas Eve service, and you are coming. And so you're here, right? Some of you came because it's a habit. You're like, yeah, I always go. Like, I always go there. Some of you are just like, I love Christmas. Some of you are like, man, Christmas Eve service, there's fire there, right? Like, I, I get to set something on fire inside a building Ever since I was a kid, I love doing that. So you're here. Some of you, like, you know, just Christmas Eve is like Easter, right? Like the two times a year, you're just used to going to church. And you're like, hey, I know, I know I'm at church because there's either poinsettias or lilies out. And that's, you know, why don't you guys decorate with anything else? But I want to let you know, like, whatever the reason is that you're here tonight, whatever the reason is you think that you came tonight, God has known about this moment from the very beginning of time. God planned for you to know this one thing, to hear this one thing tonight. He wants to say this to you. You matter to me. I love you. I have always loved you. And I want to offer you the gift of forgiveness. Your past, your present, and your future. And I want to offer you a gift of new plans for life, better plans. You just got to stop doing it your way and choose mine. This is God's greatest gift to us. And I'm going to tell you, his plans are a lot more useful than yours. He can see farther. He knows more. He's smarter. He has all the resources at his disposal. And if you'll step into them, you'll discover the rewardingness of that. Now, probably most of us, wherever we're at on our spiritual journey tonight, wherever you are, there's probably, you're probably generally in one of these three categories. Maybe you're a seeker. You're like the wise men who came from the East seeking to know Christ. They, they didn't know about him, but they were seeking to know God. And you're like that. They're like, I'm checking God out. I've been checking God out. I want to know. A little, I want to discover the truth about God. And that's where you are. And that's good. That's actually a really good thing. God loves that about you. And some of you might be saved. You might have accepted the gift that God has given to you. That when Christ came and died on the cross and all the penalties of your shame and guilt have been put on him, you said, I I want the gift of forgiveness. God, I want your leadership in my life. Thank you, Jesus, for that. And you've said that, and you know that you are guaranteed. Your, your future in heaven is guaranteed, and you celebrated at Christmas. You're like, thank you, God. My life would be so different if it wasn't for you. And some of you are stumblers, right? You've just, there have been a season in your life where you were connected to God, but you just lost that connection. 
Maybe it was weeks, maybe it's months, maybe it's been years since you've really been connected to God. Tonight, you need to know that God doesn't have His arms crossed. He's not got a scowl on His face. His arms are open wide, and He wants to receive you back tonight. He wants to accept you. He wants to say, I love you. Welcome home. So I just want to pray a prayer right now. And I want you to join me in that prayer. And as I pray, here's what I want to encourage you in this Christmas prayer. Just say, me too. Wherever you are on that spiritual journey, you can just, as I pray this prayer, whether you're a stumbler, you're a seeker, you're saved, you can just say, me too. All right, let's pray together. Dear God, I really, really want to know you. I want to know you better in 2016 than I did in 2015. I realize you've been trying to get my attention. And I know that there's been something missing in my life. I just just didn't always know it was you. But it was. It was really you. So I admit. I admit that focusing on my plan, trying to pull off my agenda, hasn't been working so well. It's not as good as yours. I want things to change. Thank you for sending Jesus to be my Savior. So this Christmas, I accept the gift of salvation. Jesus, I want the gift of your forgiveness for everything I've ever done in my past and everything I'll ever do in my future. And I want to turn from following my agenda and my way, and I want your agenda, and I want your way. I want to follow you, Jesus. I love you, and I want to trust you. So Jesus, tonight, will you replace my confusion with your peace? This Christmas Eve, Jesus, will you replace my guilt with your forgiveness? And will you replace my uncertainty about death with your gift and certainty of eternal life? And I pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. I encourage you to do something for the next few minutes. The band's just going to start playing before they sing. And you can pull out, there's a little response card in your program guide like this. And if you'll fill it out tonight, just put your name on it, just... Just write one of those words, seeker, saved, or stumbler. Maybe that's just where you're at, and it's okay. Or maybe you want to ask for prayer because you've made some progress tonight. I'd just love to pray for you. We'd love to pray for you as our prayer team at daybreak. So I want to invite you to spend some time reflecting. What's God saying to you this Christmas Eve? And then just record it right there in that response card.